Philippians this evening, chapter number one. Philippians chapter number one. We're going to move. We're going to just zoom through here this evening. <laughs> I asked the other night if how many thought I uh, if I could. My my goal is to cover verses twelve through twenty, and I. And, and not necessarily just going through like I did the first few, verse by verse, a little different tonight. But um, I'm going to do my best to do that if I can. So if you have your Bibles, open with me. There's some good stuff tonight. I, um, it's amazing when you're, when you're um, you know, we're going through this particular book of Philippians. We're here in chapter 1. And uh, just so happens that the verses that we're dealing with tonight and the text, the, the, what, when I read this text and what, what the Lord impressed on me, it's just amazing that it seems like it's just far tonight for this particular hour in, um, in which we're facing tonight. And so um, in Philippians chapter 1, if you're there, say amen. They'll have it on the screen, I believe. And I'm going to read verse, beginning with verse number 12. I'm not going to read all the way down through verse 20. But in verse 12, Paul says this, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. The things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. That word furtherance means the progress or the advancement of the gospel. And then in verse number 19, drop down to verse 19, he says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. And I want to title this message, this lesson tonight, this is supposed to be Bible study, but I want to use for a title, It's All Gonna Turn Out All Right. It's All Gonna Turn Out All Right. How many believes that tonight? Amen. I believe that. Praise God. Father, add your blessing tonight to the Word of God and help me to minister to your people this evening. Open up our our hearts tonight to receive what you have for us. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All things, things, things are not going very well for the Apostle Paul. I told you before about this was one of the prison epistles that Paul has written from a Roman prison. But several misfortunes have come Paul's way. Things are just not, hadn't been going good for him. You know, Paul went through a lot of, of difficulties. He didn't live a life of ease, 
but he went through a lot of problems. And he said that, that we all who live godly in Christ Jesus would suffer persecutions and we all would have tribulations and trials and problems. And so Paul was one that experienced a lot of trouble along the way and in his life. Paul had been victimized by an illegal trial. He had been, uh, he had, he had um, appealed to Caesar and so he was put on a ship to go to Rome. Well, you know what happened on that journey to Rome while he was on that ship. They ran into a terrible storm um, that was lasted for some 14 days. It was such a storm that um, everyone on that ship thought that, um, that they were going to lose their lives. Nobody thought that they would make it through it. They all lost hope. And uh, they wound up suffering shipwreck. And Paul then and 276 men were marooned on a, on a particular island there. And on that island, while Paul was on that island, he got he actually trying to do some good and he got snake bit. Amen, you remember that? Um, so he did finally make it to Rome and he's at Rome and he's imprisoned in Rome. And the prison where he was there in Rome... Uh, you know, not like, and I think I mentioned this, not anything like the prisons that we have today that are more like country clubs, nevertheless. Uh, he was imprisoned, and then he was in very undesirable conditions. Paul had chains on his hands, on his feet. He was uh, incarcerated there in that, in that prison cell, which was not very clean, not very sanitary, there were other believers, as we'll see from these past, this passage of Scripture, that were opposing him. So to say the least, Paul's circumstances were very unfavorable. But how is he dealing with uh, this situation? I told you that when we started this book of Philippians, that Philippians was a book that the theme of this book, the theme of this epistle is rejoicing and joy. Paul, I think, mentions it, I don't remember what I say, 19 times throughout this epistle he talks about joyfulness and talks about rejoicing. And here he is, he's went through all this, he said all kinds of trouble. He lists in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we won't go there tonight, but you can jot that down and read, but, uh, read it later. But he lists in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 the various things that he had been through. He had been beaten with rods, he had been received 39 stripes of the Jews, I think five different times. He was shipwrecked, he was stoned, he went through all of these terrible things and now he's in prison locked up his ministry seems to be over with but how does Paul deal with this situation he says there in verse 12 in spite of all this he says you know he didn't he, he wasn't complaining about nothing but he says this I want you to know brethren that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel what is he saying there? He's, he's giving us, there's a tremendous truth in that verse of Scripture. I mean, that when I was, you know, preparing this yesterday and I was meditating on this, I'm telling you what, this is a nugget right here, ladies and gentlemen, that we can get a hold of tonight. 
Paul was saying that the circumstances of our life are not just a series of happenstances, but no matter what we're going through, God is at work in our life. If you are a child of God, God is at work in your life. And Paul said, everything that's happened to me has turned out, praise God, for the furtherance, for the progress, for the, for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, he was saying here that every time Satan tried to stop me, God just progressed me a little farther. Every time the enemy tried to put an end to me, God just opened up another door and made a way for me to keep on going and to keep on keeping on. Come on, amen? God is at work in our life. And, and I want to tell you, this is a truth that we, with, that we know, but it, it needs to be, uh, we need to be reminded of it. God can take everything that comes and everything that happens in our life and cause it to work together for our good and for his glory, hallelujah, and for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Can you give, can you give the Lord a praise? I love that, amen. Romans 8, 28, we all know it for, you know, Paul said, uh, for we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. He, he didn't say that everything that happens to us was good. He didn't say that everything that happened to him was good. But he did say this, that God is able to take the, the things that come in, into our life, whether they're good, whether they're bad, and the bad bad things, he's able to work it out and turn it around to make it good in our life if we just love him and live for him and serve him. Can I get an amen tonight? Every difficulty, Paul is saying, every problem, every reversal, praise God, he would make to turn out all right. Everything's going to turn out in your life all right for your good and for God's glory as a child of God, as children of God. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad that I'm saved tonight. Amen? I'm glad to know that what the enemy, praise God, what the enemy meant for evil, God will, has meant it for good in your life. And the enemy may seek to take us out, to tear us down, to destroy us, but God said everything's gonna turn out all right. I'm gonna turn it out all right. Praise God for the betterment and the and the furtherance of the gospel. Now, now Paul here is focused on Jesus. When you read, and I encourage you to do that, I'm sure you already have, but read and reread this first chapter of Philippians. Paul, all through this chapter, is focusing on Jesus and the gospel. He talks about the Lord Jesus Christ and mentions Jesus Christ. I, tr I went through quickly today just to try to count, and I think it was 18, 19 times, something like that, that Paul, just in chapter 1, mentions Jesus Christ or the Lord Jesus Christ. He also several times mentions 
the gospel, the word of God. So we can see from chapter 1 the reason Paul can say that, uh, that things have turned out for good in my life and for the furtherance of the gospel in my life and will turn out for my deliverance is because he made Jesus. Now you got to get this. This is so simple, but it's, but it's something we need to get, get a hold of. How did this work out in Paul's life? Because he made Jesus a priority in his life and the gospel of Jesus number one and a priority in his life. Amen. And that's a good, that's a perfect biblical principle today. Jesus was absolutely number one in Paul's life. And Jesus needs to be number one in your life. Amen? Now, now, that, now this principle only works for those, you know, Romans 8, 28, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen? And, and here Paul says, I know that everything's going to turn out to my deliverance. I know that everything that's happened to me is turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. But here's the thing. He, was, he made Jesus a priority. We can't expect everything just to work out for our good unless we have Jesus as a priority in our life. We need to have him as number one. Be focused on him. Be focused on his word. Be living for him. Serving him. Seeking his will. Led by his spirit. Seeking his direction. How many of you all tonight would say, Pastor Rick, I want the will of God in my life. I want to do the will of God. I want to be led by the Lord. I want, to, I want Jesus to be my number one first priority. You know, Jesus himself said in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and you won't have to worry about all these other things because everything else will be added to you. You won't have to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear or any other things. The Lord will take care of you and it's all going to turn out all right if you just seek God and put him first in your life. Amen. Paul is saying here, you know, he says, you know, basically saying I'm in prison now. I'm locked up. I can't travel like I did. I can't do my missionary work as I was doing, you know. And he was, he was doing, he did three missionary journeys, established and planted so many church, uh, churches um, along with this Philippian church. It was a planting of, of the Apostle Paul's. And uh, he said, I can't do that as I did because I'm here in this, you know, this Roman, Roman prison. He said, but my chains are in Christ. And, and I can't do everything that I one time did. But he was basically saying, but you know what? It's not over. It's not the end. In these circumstances, he was saying, no matter what has happened, the gospel has not been stopped. The work of God has not ended and the devil has not defeated me. God has caused it to turn out for the furtherance of the God. Every time, you know what Paul's saying? Every time the devil thought that he had stopped me, God just turned it out to further the gospel and the work of God. Now I'm gonna tell you, we, we, boy, I tell you, I like that song tonight. You know, um, uh, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. And I'm gonna serve notice on the devil tonight. How many's with me? Amen. Devil's tried, he has tried his best to shut up the church, to shut 
shut down the church to stop the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The enemy has thrown a lot in our way in 2020. We have went through a lockdown We back in the spring. Amen. For, for what, about five weeks? We went through just a few months ago, a couple of months or a month or so ago, we went through COVID-19 here um, in our own lives and we've experienced that and uh, the enemy has attacked on every front. He has, has had people have turned against us. People have accused us of things. People have quit us. People have gone their own way. But you know what we do? God said it's all going to turn out all right. It's all going to turn out all right. We just keep on preaching the gospel. We keep on lifting up Jesus. We keep on focusing on Christ and him crucified and preaching the cross and preaching the blood and preaching the finished work of Jesus. And I'm telling you what, there ain't nothing that the devil can do to stop the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus and the work of God and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ for Abundant Life Family Church. Amen? A couple of weeks ago, we preached from that text there in, in uh, chapter 1 where he said, you know, that uh, he's begun, verse 6, he has begun a good work in you, will complete it. God begins it. He always, God always finishes what he starts. Amen? So we're going to keep our focus on the Lord. In the preaching of Paul, he, he, said it's, he said, even though I'm in prison, everything that's happened, it's furthered the gospel. The preaching of Paul, he said here, had even reached verse number 13. He said, so that it has be, become evident to the whole palace guard and to the rest that my chains are in Christ. Notice he says, it had become evident to the whole palace guard. This was the praetorian guard. These were the soldiers, the elite group. They were around 9,000 of these praetorian guards. They were Caesar's elite group of soldiers and guards. And uh, they took shifts, four-hour shifts, being chained to the apostle Paul. And uh, I can just imagine that every one of those guards, those praetorian guards, when they came to Paul's cell, and it was their time to, to the changing of, of that guard, that new guard would come in, and he would be chained to Paul for that four hours. And the whole time, if, unless Paul was asleep, but the whole time, the whole time that he was chained to him, he was hearing the gospel. He was hearing Paul pray. He was, he was, he was there as Paul was writing letters to the churches. And so the gospel was reaching every one of those elite guardsmen of Caesar. 
And, and, and I don't know how many of them, but I, I tell you what, he doesn't say. But, but notice he says there that, that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and all the rest that my chains are in Christ. There's one thing we do know for certain that when that guard left that prison cell after four hours, he knew about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I really believe that many of those guards gave their heart to Christ and Paul won them to the Lord right there in that prison cell because when you go over to the fourth chapter of Philippians the 22nd verse when Paul is giving his 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 benediction he's ending this letter he salutes those who are of the the saints who are of the household of Caesar who was Caesar Caesar was the Roman emperor and there were those man I tell you what I if this don't light your fire your woods wet there were those in the house household of Caesar who had gotten saved and born again and accepted Jesus Christ because Paul was there preaching to the guards they were preaching to others he was winning people to the Lord it was all working out for the furtherance of the gospel and the devil couldn't stop the work of God he couldn't stop it then he can't stop it now he can't stop it in your life he won't stop it in the United States regardless of who's in the White House the gospel will go forward and it will advance come on amen witness we want a man in the White House that will make it easier to preach the gospel maybe that's our problem we want everything easy we Americans but it may come to the place where it's not as easy. But God is going to cause it to turn out all right. Can I get an amen? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So you may be chained to some unpleasant circumstance today where it seems there's no way out. Well, we, we need to just focus on the promises, put Jesus first, trust in the Lord with all of our heart, whether it's a health issue, a family issue, a financial issue, whatever the problem may be, uh, if you'll trust God, put him first, stand on the promises, pray, believe God, you'll be able to say with Paul, for I know, verse 19, I know this will turn out for my deliverance. Let me tell you something, church. God overrules. Listen to me. God, our God is almighty. Our God is omnipotent. One of the attributes of God is his omnipotence. That means he's all-powerful, almighty. There's none greater than God. He's your heavenly father. Are you with me tonight? And God overrules wicked plans of demons and men. And God himself is able to bring triumph out of tragedy and victory out of apparent defeat and bring beauty from ashes your God is able to do that tonight and turn it out for good in your life these things that happened to Paul that that uh, that turned out it it it, it turned out when, when these people notice verse number 14 I'm trying to hurry Verse 14, he says, And most of the brethren in the Lord have become confident by my chain 
and are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul, through all these things that he went through, became an encourager or was an encourager to other people. It said that, that he, he was, the other brethren became more confident and more bold because of his, listen, because of his chains and his imprisonment. Your circumstances, whether you understand or realize this or not, but your circumstances are opportunities for other people to be encouraged. Did you hear that? Opportunity. Do you realize we need to be encouragers and not discouragers? Come on. Paul had a boldness and and, and a faith and, and, and was filled with joy and praise. And his response, the attitude of victory that he had and his response to the trouble and the situation he was in, the boldness that he demonstrated, the joy and the praise, encouraged a lot of timid, fearful believers so that they would speak the word without fear. His attitude in what he was going through became an encouragement to other people. And you can be an encouragement. How you respond to trouble in your life can be an encouragement to somebody else. I think the problem so many times with us Christians is that we, um, when we're going through difficult times, we're more discouraging to other people than we are encouraging. And God doesn't want it to be that way. Do you know there's something today, there's something that's more contagious than COVID-19. And you know what that is? It's fear and discouragement and despair. You can, you, you can listen, discouragement and doubt and fear is contagious. Amen? Y'all seem really excited about that, but that's the truth. Amen? It is contagious. Fear and the fear and, uh, listen, the fear and the unbelief of those 10 spies, 12, you know, the 12 spies went in to spy the land of Canaan and they came back and 10 of those spies had a negative report, had a bad report. They discouraged the entire congregation and caused them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. They didn't go into the promised land because there were 10 people that infected are you listening to me, infected that whole congregation with unbelief and doubt. God had given them the land. God had promised them the land. God had said, I'm going to take you in. I'll drive out the enemies before you. And uh, they went over and spied it out and they came back and said, oh yeah, it's, a, it's just like God said that it was. It's a land that flows with milk and honey and all of that and it's really good. But there's giants there. There's the Anakim, the Jebusites, there's all these, these, these men of great stature and we were like grasshoppers in their sight and they discouraged that whole congregation and put fear in their heart. Listen, we cannot allow discouragement to get into our life and discourage other people. I've seen whole congregations get down and discouraged. Let me tell you, listen to me. I don't know, I don't know how this election thing 
everything is going to turn out. I know how I believe God wants it to turn out. I know that I, I believe what the will of God is. I'm praying against the powers of darkness that are trying to defeat this thing. But I'm telling you what, here's the thing. We cannot let it get us down. We cannot let it get us discouraged. We've got to keep our praise going. We've got to be joyful and, and shout the victory because I'm telling you what, regardless of how this goes down, Jesus is still Lord. God's still on the throne. Hallelujah, victory still ours and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy chapter one, it said that uh, Moses said that, that, that the, the, the brethren, those 10 negative people, discouraged the heart of that entire congregation. There was only two that came back with a positive faith-filled report, Joshua and Caleb. And guess what? Those are the only two that made it in to the promised land. Amen. Heard a story one time about a guy who was so discouraged, he pulled his car up on the bridge. He got out of his car. He got up on the railings of the bridge. He's going to jump off into the river commit suicide. He just couldn't face life anymore. So many problems in his life. A man was driving by and saw him there and the guy stopped, good Samaritan type of guy. And he stopped and he, he trying to talk him down, trying to talk him out of it. And the, the, the guy that stopped said, it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. You got a lot to live for. And that guy up on the bridge began to tell him all of his problems. He began to tell him everything that was going wrong in his life. He began to tell him all the sad stories and why he was going to jump off after, after that good Samaritan listened to him for about 15 minutes. He climbed up and they both jumped off together. You know, see, fear and discouragement is contagious. Amen. We don't want to discourage one another. You know, you know I, I, I've heard people before, you know, try to, you don't try to be an encouragement to somebody, but they would talk about, you know, somebody would get sick and have a certain illness or something, and then a dear saint of God would go to pray for them and pat them on the hand and said, well, I'll be praying for you. I had a friend that died with that very thing. Well, you're not encouraging them too much. Come on, amen? Hallelujah. But Paul, the way he lived, his joyfulness, his attitude, his praise, hallelujah, he, he, the fact that he rejoiced and said, God is causing everything to turn out all right. It was an encouragement. There were some, there were some folks that, were, that were, lacked boldness. They were full of timidity. But when they saw Paul's joy and boldness, it encouraged them to go ahead and witness for Jesus and preach the gospel. Amen? Hallelujah. We need some saints today that will put some heart in other saints that will encourage other saints we need some saints today that'll get the fire of God burning in their heart and spread that fire to somebody else amen we need some fire starters in the church I'm talking about Holy Ghost fire we need some fire starters we got too many wet blankets get your wet blanket out of here and start a fire of God in your heart that'll spread throughout this community. Oh, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I got I got to close. Woo.
I don't know where to go. Everything's just good. (laughs) There were some that were opposed to Paul. And they were glad that he was in jail somewhere. Imagine that. And (laughs) they were glad that these bad things was happening to him. He said they want to add affliction to my chains. Amen? He said, said, uh, verse 15, Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some from goodwill. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. Notice that. Supposing to add affliction to my chains. Paul was, had, had folks that were, that were opposed to him. They wanted to add affliction to his chains. In other words, they wanted to kick him while he was down. Has anybody ever seen that happen in the body of Christ? They wanted to talk bad about him and make it worse for him. They thought if they could put his light out, it'd make their light shine a little brighter. But you know what? Paul responded to them, and he could have run them down. He could have told them how sorry and low down they were. He could have talked about them to others and said, boy, these guys, you know, they're preachers. And that's the thing. They were preaching. But they were still opposed to the apostle Paul, but yet they were preaching. And he could have said, you know, man, when I get out of here, y'all pray I get out of here, because when I do, I'm getting a hold of them guys. I'm going to make them pay for what they've done to me. But you know what? That wasn't the attitude of Paul at all. Notice what he said in verse 18. He said this, He said, but the latter, verse 17, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel, verse 18, but what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, and yes, will rejoice. Do you see what he's saying? Doesn't matter what they say about me, how they talk about me, if they're still, if they're preaching Christ, I rejoice in that. In other words, they're not going to steal my praise. I'm just going to keep praising God anyway. Isn't that the kind of attitude that God would like for every one of his people, his saints to have? I tell you, if we can get that kind of an attitude, no wonder God caused everything to turn out all right in Paul's life because he said I'm just going to thank God and praise God you know in every situation and here's the point folks in no matter what we're facing no matter what people say about us no matter what they do to us you can always find something in every situation to thank God for and to praise God for and we know that principle but it's hard for us sometimes that's probably the hardest thing to do is to praise God when everything's falling apart But God will bless you if you do that. Amen? Verse 19 and 20. See, I didn't go just every word, but I want to get get this across to you. Verse 19 and 20. Paul said this, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance 
through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always so now also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul said, this will turn out, oh man, for my deliverance. No matter what, the thing that, that I'm in right now, Paul's saying, what I'm going through right now, it turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Couldn't stop the gospel from going forth. But he said, I know that God is going to cause it to also turn out for my deliverance. He's talking about, I think the King James says, for my salvation. He's not talking about being saved from sin. He's talking about his deliverance from prison. He's saying, I know God's going to turn everything out to be all right, that I can even be freed from prison. Now notice, God, and here's the thing, God will salvage good out of a bad situation, out of an impossible situation, and that's what Paul is saying. But how does that take place? And here's what we want to close with. How does God salvage good out of a bad situation? How can you have this type of victory in your life and in our life? Notice he says, here's how. Here's how. Through your prayer. He said, I know it's going to turn out through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit. What's he saying? If you, he's telling this Philippian church, I know you're praying for me. And because of your prayer, God, oh hallelujah, God is going to supply, give me a fresh supply of the Spirit of God. He's going to give me a lavish bestowal of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that is going to bring me through. That's going to get me through. Your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Christ will bring me out of this situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you something tonight. That still holds true for you and I tonight. Amen? That, that Paul, what he's saying, the principle here, the teaching that he's given us, he's saying that the prayers of the saints are powerful. We've talked about that a couple of weeks ago. The prayers of the saints are powerful. And that prayer can actually change the destiny of a nation and turn the course of history. He was saying that prayer could even actually defeat the power of the Roman Empire. Are you listening to me? That's how powerful prayer is. I know sometimes people say, well, I don't know if that's the case or not, but I'm here to tell you that we need to be praying folks today. And if we will pray, and if we will believe, the power that is in our prayers, hallelujah, can still turn the situation around and will send a supply and give us a supply of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ in our life. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in our behalf that will give us strength, the supply of the Spirit that will enable you and I as believers to stand fast regardless of the circumstances and the situations of life. And what we need abundantly life, what I need, what you need, what all of us need here tonight 
is a fresh supply of the Holy Spirit in our lives, a refilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? And he said, I know this will turn out for not my deliverance because of that, because you're praying for me and God is giving me a fresh supply, a fresh anointing that'll bring me through. Amen. Worship team, you make your way back. They're going to they're start to fire up here tonight. Look at verse 20. I'll close with this verse 20. He says, according to my expectation, my earnest expectation and hope. Now, you've got to have an expectation and hope. You've got to believe that God is going to, he's going to turn it out for your good. Amen? An expectation, an earnest expectation. And hope in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with, a, with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body. And here was the thing, here was the key in closing tonight, the key to dealing with the circumstances of life, the key to victory that Paul had, and he manifested and demonstrated all through his life, was the fact that he had learned how to turn his eyes away from the circumstances and look to something else. He had learned how not to focus on the problem, but to focus on the victory. And I know that's another simple principle. But if the enemy can do it, he'll get you and I always to looking and focusing on the problem. And he will magnify the... Do you know the longer you focus on the problem, the circumstance, the bigger that problem gets? The problem becomes magnified. Do you following me? But notice what Paul said. He said, no, my earnest expectation and my hope is that Jesus Christ be magnified. See, when we can say, and this was, this was his life, this was Paul's life, that he had an expectation, a hope, a desire, that no matter what came his way, no matter what he went through, that he was going to magnify Jesus, and that Jesus would be magnified in his body. He said, listen, whatever, whatever comes or goes, I want Jesus to be magnified. And when we come to that place, ladies and gentlemen, that we can say, whatever comes my way, I don't care. I want Jesus to be magnified in my life. Whether it's by life, this is what Paul said, whether I live or whether I die, whether it's by life or whether it's by death, whether I get out of prison or whether I stay here, whatever comes my way, I want to give him glory and I want Jesus Christ to be magnified in my life. He was saying, I'm going to praise him in the good time. I'm going to praise him in the bad. If I'm living or if I'm facing death, I'm gonna praise the Lord. Can I tell you something tonight that the devil has a hard time handling somebody that has that kind of an attitude and that kind of a faith that says everything that happens, I'm gonna magnify the Lord and he's gonna 
turn it out for my good and everything's going to turn out all right. Church, that is victory ground tonight in every situation, in everything we face. Exalt Jesus Christ and praise him and give him glory and he will turn it out for your good. Amen. Let